It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Pete. Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 920 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, April the 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you are supporting the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network, including right now... Locked on Blue Jays covering your beloved Toronto Blue Jays as they continue to wipe the floor with these pathetic American League teams beating the Texas Rangers on Monday. Go and listen to Locked on Blue Jays as AJ has you covered every single day there over at the podcast. And uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Locker Room. Sign up to Locker Room, download the app, and you can join me coming up on Thursday. I'm going to host a watch party during the second half of the Raptors and Bulls game. Maybe our friend on the podcast today is going to join. We'll see. But either way, download the app. Join me this week on Thursday at halftime or just after halftime of the Bulls game, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll talk Raptors-Bulls. We'll have a great time. Locker room changing the way we talk about sports. Okay, on today's show, your Toronto Raptors have now won two games in a row after a 103-101 victory over the Washington Wizards on Monday night that ended with a wonderful, hilarious, perhaps offensive foul, perhaps not, who cares, Game-winning buzzer-beater three by your newest Toronto Raptor, Gary Trent Jr. Super fun finish. Did not expect it to transpire the way it did, but joining me to talk about one of the more fun games, I guess, finishes. The game itself was a little bit bad in between two not very good teams, but the finish was awesome. Uh, Joining me to talk about it is our friend uh, Big V, Big CBC, 
big complex, big lavender. It's Vivek Jacob. What's going on, buddy? Not much. It's a, a good vibes night, and the Raptors Absolutely. really needed that. I, you can see it. consecutive good vibes night, I would say. It's, exactly. It's been, it's been good, yeah. Um, yeah, I think when DeAndre Bembry just slammed the ball into the ground, <laughs> that was every Raptors fan. It was like, finally, finally a buzzer beater attempt goes in. And obviously it wasn't Siakam, but the Raptors will take it. Gary Trent Jr. is awesome. Malachi Flynn is awesome. The future is here, baby. It absolutely is. Uh, they just got to stop having that rascal Pascal Siakam take all those crunch time uh, shot attempts for wins. Obviously, he's a hump, and he, she, she, he should be traded because he can't hit those late-game shots. It's Gary Trent's world, baby. Uh, of course, I'm kidding. Pascal was good today. We'll talk about Pascal at some point. Um, but, yeah, let's dive into we'll, – we'll have our biggest takeaways. We should probably just talk about the finish, though, before we get to our biggest takeaways in the second segment. Um the shot was wild. <laughs> I can't say I expected what happened to happen. I thought, well, first of all, I was screaming, call a timeout when Gary Trent grabbed the rebound with like six seconds on the clock. I just didn't think there was enough time to get a good look off. They did not call a timeout. They took it all the way up. Uh, Howell Neto is up in Gary Trent's shirt, and Trent kind of touches his chest a little bit. Neto falls back about 12 feet, and Trent hits the shot. Uh, what was your sort of reaction to the play? Were you also doing the no, 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 yes thing that I was doing the, during this entire sequence? No, I wasn't. I'm kind of in the state where win, lose, it really doesn't matter to me at this stage. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, the game's going to end one way or the other. I'm cool with this. <laughs> Comes up the court. Nihilist V. I like it. I like Nihilist V. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a blatant flop by Neto. I mean, yeah, I, I love the fact that Gary Trent Jr. called him out post-game and, uh-huh. and said that I, I've already seen him flop like that on Emmanuel quickly, so I knew that was coming, and so I knew to go <laughs> to the behind the back. That was incredible. Uh, yeah, Gary Trent's swag is just on 1,000. And so for him to just pull, come down the court the whole way, knowing he wasn't going to give it up, uh, and he called it his will to win, you got to love it. You got to love it. I love everything I'm seeing out of him. I mean, when you trade a guy like Norman Powell, with the way he en- endeared himself to the fan base and uh, built up his brand here in Toronto, This is exactly the type of guy that you want back if you're going to give up someone like Norm. And so you love everything that he's doing on the court, off the court. He seems like an awesome dude. So it, it makes the pain dissipate a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that I'm kind of realizing about Gary Trent is that he has like a gunner's spirit without actually bringing all the bad things that like a true blue gunner brings. Does that make sense? Like he will always take the shot when it's open. Like, he is very eager. He's not dissuaded by misses. He has supreme confidence when he does it. Sometimes he can have a little bit of tunnel vision, but that's okay. Sometimes you need someone to take the offense by the horns. And he doesn't get caught up in, like... Yeah, he's also 22. Um, And he doesn't get caught up in, like, heat check stuff. And, like, he doesn't commandeer the offense so he can go and heat check. Mm -hmm. He's he's a lovely little player. And, I mean... I don't know. I was kind of sort of throwing this around on 
uh, I guess maybe last week after the Thunder game, just sort of thinking about what the upside could be for Gary Trent. Uh, it's obviously one series of games here. He's played like, what, seven or eight games as a Raptor. There's still plenty of, um, you know, learning about Gary Trent to do here. But, you know, the ceiling is uh, kind of revealing itself to be a little bit temptingly high, right? You know, mm-hmm. He has the... He has the ball in his hands, and he can do stuff with it. He can, you know, he's still got to work on getting to the rim and finishing through contact and stuff like that. He has those weird sort of floaters where he's almost trying to avoid touching the other guy altogether as though he has cooties, which is fun. Um, and sometimes <laughs> they go in, sometimes they don't. But he's got that mid-range game. He's at least a two-level scorer at this point, if not three. And the defense is there. And it just he seems like a really, really nice player who... You know, again, I don't want to denigrate the good name of Norman Powell or anything like that, but I think there's a very real chance that in a year, two years, whatever it might be, we look back and laugh hysterically at how obviously the Raptors won this trade. Is that, like, too big for the britches this early, or are you kind of feeling the same? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm never going to laugh at Norm. Uh, I think he did a lot for this organization. And- no, this isn't laughing at Norm. This, <laughs> by the way, Norm is on the Grizzlies in this situation. He's left the Blazers or something. He's playing for the Grizzlies. There's no. It's not about Norm. It's just you know, it's the contract situations. It's laughing at Neil Olshay. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> the biggest thing with Gary Trent is the off the dribble game. Uh, you know, he kind of hinted at it. He he was still, you could tell he was being respectful of the Blazers organization when he did his introductory press conference. And he was saying, yeah, you know, like obviously playing alongside Dame and CJ, there's only so many things you get to do. And it looks like he's getting to do a lot more here. And so he's, he's taking advantage of it. He's showing that he's got a lot to his game off the bounce. He can pull up in the mid range. And there are those possessions where he can see things aren't happening. And he's willing to, you know, take the keys and take control of the situation. And that's what you want. You want that in a guy. And like we've said over and over this season, the Raptors are bereft of individual shot creation. And the fact that he's already showing really good signs in that regard, the fact that he's consistently taking balanced shots, uh, as you highlighted, you know, even though he's got that gunner's mentality, it's to take good shots. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that bodes really well for the future. And yeah, you look at the cap room that they could potentially exploit with, you know, his cap hold being what it is versus what norms would have been. And then being able to go out and get free agents first and then resign him. Um, yeah. If you can make a couple of good deals there before resigning him, this is going to look like a real home run. Yeah, man. I, uh, I've i been like kind of looking at the offseason and getting real excited about how horny it could get. Uh, <laughs> like they have, they got a lot they can do, man. And even if the, the tankathon fails, which, you know, the Raptors might be on their way to sewer ring, which who cares? I don't care about tanking. Tanking is bad. I'm never going to root for it. If you didn't like that finish tonight uh, because of the tank standings, you probably don't like basketball and maybe you should find a new hobby. Um you know, whatever the outcome, and that's why I'm not hung up on the tank stuff, because there's a lot they can still do, and a lot they already have in-house going into this offseason. I'm just so, so unworried about 
oh my god, they've lost 3% or 2% off of their odds of maybe getting a top four pick. Just, uh, I don't care. Shut up. Uh, enjoy the fun, cool basketball <laughs> team that did a cool basketball thing tonight through their new cool basketball player. Um, we're going to get to more of the Raptors' cool basketball players, including Malachi Flynn, baby, coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you once again about our friends over at Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Raptors once a week, and yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every single day. We missed last week, not going to lie, I was having maybe my worst ever mental health week of all time and figured I need to unplug a little bit and not do anything extra. Thankfully, feeling a little bit refreshed and better this week. We will have that locker room coming up on Thursday during the Bulls game. Locker room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league you love. You'll find fans just like you on locker room, locker room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. And you will have a chance to chat with me and of course, Big V, Katie Heindel, whoever else is on the call, and be featured on Locked On Raptors potentially if I feel lazy and I want to repurpose those locker rooms for podcast segments. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting again the Room Thursday for the Bulls game starting at the start of the second half. Go download the free locker room app right now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the league group that you want to follow. Follow me at Sean Woodley as well and be notified when my rooms go live. I know you don't want to miss it, and I'm planning to be live once again this week, Thursday, during the Bulls game, starting at the second half. Can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Raptors and Bulls. See you there on Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at rockauto.com. Once again, told you about them for a long time now. They're one of our tried and true sponsors. They are saving you money at The Mechanic, something The Mechanic does not want you to do when you go to The Mechanic. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything you might need from the important stuff like engine, transmission things, to aesthetic things like carpets and, and you know seat covers and things like that. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is super easy. You just type in your year, make, model, all that stuff, and the parts that you need appear, and there are options for you. They've got prices, specifications, brands, whatever it might be, and you get to choose the parts that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the exact same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle right locked on and the how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you as well. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. All right, just a heads up. We will have a podcast uh, tomorrow breaking down the Lakers game. That'll be fun, so stay tuned for that. And later in the week on, I guess, God, what the hell day is it? <laughs> on Thursday morning, I think? Yes, uh, Brad from Too Much Hoops is going to jump by. We're going to talk about the Raptors' defense and where it went wrong this season, where it can be salvaged, and all of that stuff. So that'll be a really good, insightful chat with a guy who knows more about defense than uh, most people in the world, our pal Brad Vermont. So keep an eye out for that on Thursday. Okay, Big V. No Fred Van Vliet tonight, missing the game with that hip flexor injury uh, that he picked up against the Warriors. And I, I think it was fair to assume there was going to be some trouble for the Raptors creating offense without Fred Van Vliet. There were obviously spells in this game. They only scored 103 points against the Wizards. There were spells where they couldn't put it together quite enough on offense but one man came in after not starting but playing essentially starters minutes and really kind of took control of the offense and also was probably their best defender on the night 
and that is of course Malachi Flynn. Um, I mean, oh, I thought you were talking about I, Aaron I'm Baines just... for a second. <laughs> we'll get to Baines. Credit where it's due. He had a <laughs> nice game, um, but. I, you know, this is the segment where we're going to go through our biggest takeaways, and I'm assuming your biggest takeaway probably has something to do with Malachi Flynn. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Malachi Flynn, I think, you know, the biggest takeaway is his confidence level, and he just seemed discouraged by the misses early on in the season. Obviously, he has a lot of belief in his jump shot, but I think just that struggling to transfer over to the NBA level was getting to him. You could, he d- he just seemed hesitant on offense. And then I think maybe, you know, he just needed time to pick up on things and the schemes and uh, all the plays and understanding how to run the offense. And now I think, you know, his change of speeds is getting better. Recognizing where his opportunities come is getting better. Obviously I think part of that gets easier with, Kyle and Fred out of the lineup and you know he, mm-hmm. he he's got nowhere else to look but himself and so I think those possessions where you know he's turning the corner and he's making a decision to get to the basket uh, or he's pulling up from the mid-range I think those are really positive signs he talked about how important it is for him to be aggressive and Nick talked about that before as well and so I think we're seeing that translate over now and Playing time is a huge thing, and I thought Nick Nurse offered up a pretty good explanation for him not starting, where they game-planned as if both Westbrook and Beal would be playing, and so he didn't want to put too much on his shoulders, but always planned to give him starter minutes, and he got starter minutes, and he delivered for the second game in a row. Yeah, I know some people were upset about the starting versus not starting decision. Um, you know, I had no problem starting Benbury, mostly because you kind of maximize Benbury by playing him with the better players for longer stretches, just because that's mm-hmm. where he's, he, he sort of excels. And he's talked about that. The Raptors have talked about that. Like, I thought that was a pretty good move. And to give Flynn 34 minutes, I also thought was an excellent move. And yeah, he just really seems to be kind of figuring out the speed of the NBA. It seemed, and also kind of realizing his own speed, if that makes sense. Like, he's fast as hell, and there aren't that many guys who can really keep with his first step. And, you know, obviously he's going to learn the angles, he's going to learn the sort of the pathways to the basket and things like that over time here. But um, our pal Robel, who was on last week's podcast, go listen to it if you haven't checked it out. Um, he noted before the game, a thing he was really looking for with Flynn was, is he getting to the paint? Is he getting paint touches? Uh, whether it's trying to finish or whether it's kicking out. And he did that. Like, he really did. And I just want to do this. We have to dispel this before it becomes a thing. The broadcast was trying to do it tonight. He's not Fred Van Vliet. The comparison... Like, yes, he's good at digging down for steals. That's kind of where the comparisons end, honestly, other than the mm-hmm. fact that they're, like, kind of short point guards. He has way more burst than Fred Van Vliet does. He has way more obvious, like, natural feel for sort of how to run an offense and the beats of an offense and not hanging onto the ball. None of this is bad. This isn't, like, denigrating Fred at all. Fred is awesome. He's incredible. They would be much better if he were in the lineup. But, like, it's just a totally different player. Flynn's way more downhill. He is just, I think, a little bit more fine-tuned, at least at this stage of his career, than Fred was in terms of just pick-and-roll orchestration. That was his whole bag coming out of college. He was like a 98th percentile pick-and-roll operator in college. He's really good at it, and I think that's been pretty clear to see. 
And the first step, the getting to the rim, the finishing around the basket, I think he's just always going to have a head start on Fred because of that speed. And I, it's just, it's not a comparison we need to try to force. It's okay. They could be their own dudes, please. Like, it's just, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, now it's two straight games where he's looked really nice, really comfortable. The shooting is now actually kind of catching up to where it should be. It was never going to stay as bad as it was for a large chunk of this season because no NBA player shoots that poorly. It's just not, or otherwise you're not in the NBA. And it's just, I don't know, man, I'm getting pretty excited to see, you know, if you get Fred and Kyle back here, you know, I'm sure Flynn's kind of played himself into some rotation minutes. I know things are crowded with the guards now that Gary Trent's here and, and Benbury's back and all that, but like, I don't think you can not play Flynn. And I thought this was a perfect game, not just because the Raptors won it, but because they really sort of emphasized the development and we're okay just kind of running through things through Flynn and seeing what happens. And sometimes you're going to lose. Sometimes things are going to go bad. But other times you're going to have a guy who's very understandably and justifiably playing crunch time and doing well for you in that time. And I thought he was excellent. Um, what did you think of his defense? Four steals, three blocks, kind of those Fred-style blocks, which uh, I, I'm glad to see the Raptors have cornered the market on that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what were your overall thoughts on his defense? That's kind of been, I think one of the more standout features of his game throughout the season, just kind of knowing the timing and, and the jumping passing lanes and stuff like that. Uh, this was a big stat line night, but uh, any thoughts either tonight or just sort of recently in terms of Flynn's defense and what you've seen? Yeah, I think you said the biggest thing. It's timing. And like I know it's easy to get caught up in when he's actually ripping the ball out, but it's understanding when to go. It's understanding when to stay on your man. And I think those are the things that are leading to uh, those possessions where he's able to break up the play. And, you know, there there was even that w- one play where he was guarding his man up top and he just, like, kind of showed as if he was coming for a split second, but actually stayed. And then the ball just basically gets and ends up getting tossed into his hands and he's off and running. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think his anticipation is great. And, you know, it's just a really high basketball IQ. He uh, understands where he needs to be at all times. And yeah, I think he fits into this organization in terms of what they stand for on the court uh, and what what they try to produce, and which is two-way players uh, that play the right way. And he, yeah, he lives up to all of that. So yeah, defensively, I think, I think he's really good. And I think you're right to point out the differences between them offensively. Like, the simplest way I'll put it is this. Fred, Fred Van Vliet is a scorer who's being asked to playmake, and mm-hmm. Malachi Flynn is a natural playmaker who can also score the ball effectively. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think there's a subtle difference there that translates into a pretty big difference on the court. And it, even in transition, you see it, right? Like, he, he knows sort of how to draw the defense towards him to create space for someone else. He knows, uh, you know, which way to run down the floor uh, to create proper spacing on the court. Uh, and mm-hmm. Those little things make a difference where, you know, for some players it comes more naturally than others. And it's very encouraging to see him sort of have that understanding uh, right at the beginning of his career. It's going to be like 2023. The Raptors will have Flynn and, Fred starting in the backcourt together or playing together a lot, whatever it might be. And the most 
common refrain of Raptors internet will be, let Flynn run the offense, damn it. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be the Kyle Fred thing all over again. I expect Fred to continue to improve in that department. I'm kind of being tongue-in-cheek there, but I can see the uh, the beginnings of that controversy already bubbling up, and uh, I frankly can't wait. It's going to be awesome, because that means Malachi Flynn's really freaking good. Um I want to get to just some other guys in this game. There are a lot of interesting performances, some good, some bad, uh, from up and down the roster in this one. So we'll kind of just run through some box score notes to close this thing out. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but college basketball, actually college basketball is over as of tonight as well. And once you hear this, it's over. Sorry. Uh, but you've got the MLB started up. I just call it the MLB. I'm I'm the person I hate. Uh, you've got baseball. You've got the NHL, NBA every single night. And of course, you've got all the other things you can bet on too. European basketball, award shows, reality TV, TV shows, all of it is available to bet, and they have real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has it covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head over to betonline.ag, sign up today for a free account, and receive 50% of a welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, if you put in 100 bucks, you're going to get 50 extra dollars on top of that to play around with when you use the promo code Locked On. That is a great deal. Go to betonline.ag right now. You're online sportsbook experts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. Just going to run through the box score and some interesting performances from this one in just a second. But first, uh, just a reminder, you can listen to Locked On today every single day on your favorite podcast provider. Uh, Peter Bukowski going deep on the biggest stories in the sports world. And uh, Erica Ayala, a wonderfully talented uh, host that we have over at Locked On Women's Basketball, who does a million other things, hosted Monday's episode. She's fantastic. Go support her, if nothing else, and go listen to the Monday episode of Locked On Today. It's a great show. It's 20 minutes. It gets you a little download of all the sports stuff you got to know. Would be a great time to listen on Tuesday to break down the uh, as they break down the national championship. That'll be a lot of fun. Anyway, let's get back into things to wrap things up here. Vivek, um, I'll give you control of the board. Pick a player on the Raptors and uh, talk about them and what you thought. Uh, it could be anybody you want. Anybody kind of come to mind as a particularly interesting performer against the Wizards? Just a random one. Um... Yeah, yeah, just control the board. It's like it's like Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> I will go with Utah Watanabe. Interesting. Okay, would not have been my choice. Why you? Why say? Why do you say him? Because uh, I thought he had some really good defensive position possessions um, when he was in the game. There were a couple possessions where he matched up with well, Westbrook and did a good job. And yeah, I think just for Nick, 
late in games, he just loves having that versatility, that switchability. And so I thought he came in and gave them exactly what he needed. So if I'm looking at someone who had sort of a random uh, helpful performance, it'd be him. Yeah, he was super helpful in that lineup they started the fourth with that really went on that run to uh, sort of put the Raptors ahead. And I can't say I would have put money on Yuta Watanabe, Aaron Baines, Malachi Flynn, uh, DeAndre Bembry, and OG Ananobi, like it was spearing a comeback, but they did, and it was cool. I really thought the tank job was in at that point. (laughs) (laughs) it's all you can only assume that when Baines is playing but I mean you know in addition to Watanabe who I think you're right like he had a really nice defensive game as he's wont to do um you know I still wish he would shoot it when he's within three feet of the basket but yes you know that'll come in time um but Baines like credit where it's due man this Mm -hmm. was one of his better games uh I think Boucher was awful and they needed a really good game from Baines in this one in particular not that they haven't needed good games from centers all year long but you know when Boucher's playing well kind of mitigates that need a little bit and he was very bad tonight I thought and yep. Baines stepped in and sort of squared up with his former you know I guess competitor for minutes Alex Len and the, the, the Lopez brother who's on that team Robin uh <laughs> that was mean um <laughs> And, you know, performed well enough. You know, the three-point shot, I still could stand to never see him take a three again, even though I know it's healthy for him to be taking threes within the offense and spacing out. Um, But, you know, he hit the little push shot. He finished around the basket a couple times. He got the offensive board. He didn't get out-rebounded too catastrophically. That It was a win. Uh, Nice game from Aaron Baines. Uh, (laughs) And, you know... You know, we joke about Baines and we commiserate about Baines, but, you know, on some level, I also feel bad whenever I sort of pile on him because there's no way this season hasn't been torture for him. It's been, uh, I'm sure, pretty tough to endure. He knows he's playing like garbage. He knows it's been awful. He knows he hasn't lived up to expectations. He knows the center position is a big reason why the Raptors are where they are right now. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to see a guy who by all accounts, is a a fine enough guy and is not uh, a problem or anything like that. It's nice to see him have a game where he actually contributes positively to a victory and was a team best plus 20. So good job, Aaron Baines. That was fun. Um, Last guy I wanted to note here, uh, first of all, Pascal looked really good in the first half. Uh, Wish they'd kind of run stuff more through him in the second half just because things got a little bit sticky and they kind of went away from him. And I would have mm-hmm. just liked to see him run pick and roll every time down the floor, basically, because not a single one of the various white fellows on the wizards had a chance of guarding him um, between Matthews uh, and Denny Avdia and Davis Bertans. Like there's just no chance of any of them guarding Pascal Siakam. And he scored 18 points quite easily in the first half as a result. Um, still finishes with 22 on 10 to 16. Continues a nice run of play. I, I liked what Nurse said kind of, I think it was during the practice on Sunday where he said something along the lines of like, we can stop talking about whether he's like back to being Pascal again. He's just there. He's good. He's playing well. Mm-hmm. And that's really great. Um, but the guy I did want to point out was OG Ananobi, who I think you could say had a pretty rough game. You know, a lot of sort of ill-fated drives, uh, turnovers, you know, didn't shoot terribly well, one of six from deep uh, on a night where the Raptors went seven of 33 from three and still won somehow. Pretty wild. Um, I'm curious what you thought about OG's game. I have some thoughts. I'll let you go first, though. Uh, What did you think of the way OG played in this one? 
I mean, the three-point shooting wasn't quite there, but I think this is the one thing that's great about OG. Like, floor-wise, he's going to offer still so much. And I thought, you know, defensively, he, he's solid as a rock. Um, yeah, the offensively, I think, you know, you want to see the aggression. I, I think uh, when the three-point shot's not there, maybe he's not as confident with everything else but he had that he had that really nice spin move in the first half um and you know the left the lefty lay-in is something that i've come to you know expect to finish a bit more and more as the season has gone on that's something mm-hmm. that maybe looked really clunky uh the last couple of years but this year he's really looking a bit more comfortable with that and so i think that's encouraging because the more he can finish with his left, that's going to open up a lot of things for him. So little things like that I take encouragement from. Other than that, you know, I, I think the floor is always going to be uh, what's enticing about OG, where it's like, yeah, you have this baseline where even if things aren't going well for you offensively, you're going to offer so much. And then when the, on those nights where everything is falling, he is a living nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my take on the game he played tonight is I would have been totally fine if he was like 6 of 22 and 1 of 8 from 3 or 1 of 10. I, I, I liked that they just kind of, without Fred in the lineup, just said, all right, dude, go do some work and try to work some shit out. And it didn't work all the time. He kind of got himself into some trouble, dribbled into spots where he wasn't going to score from, you know, kind of got caught with a couple guys digging down and what slapping the ball away. Needs to be a bit more attentive with the ball in his hands on those drives. But, like, this is how you learn. <laughs> this is how you develop. And, you know, as much as the win was nice and as much as the play-in seems like a very real possibility, if not a likelihood almost at this point, um, you know, that stuff is secondary to development for the rest for the rest of the season. You know, I made that point about how I thought it was a nice development game for Flynn in the last in the last segment. And I think that extends as well to OG. Like, give the dude some touches. Let the guy cook in an environment where things don't really matter all that much and the outcome is what it is, and you're not too worried about it either way. Let him, you know, drive ten times a game. Let him run some pick and roll. Let him carry the ball up the floor. I think it's a really good call and You'll have nights like this, but you'll also have nights where he goes like 8 of 11 and is unstoppable and is just bowling dudes over on his way to the rim and dunking. By the way, the dunk he had in, I guess it was the second quarter, uh, might be the dunk of the year for the Raptors, I think. It was mean and loud and did the rim snapping thing that is my favorite thing about dunks. But anyway, we can (laughs) litigate the best dunk of the year for uh, the Raptors another time. Um, But I can't really think of a contender at the moment. Am I wrong? Is it the dunk of the year for the Raptors? Is it that sad? <laughs> oh, uh, I guess so. I feel like Norm I mean, might have had one at some point. Maybe the dunk Norm. of the year is Anthony Edwards on Utah. That's <laughs> hey man. That's clouding everything else. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> that's the that's the first place my mind went. No other like, dunks hey. have happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this season. I mean, I guess in that sense, it's been such a blur. Like Norm's probably had. Something. Oh no! Wait. What? Wait. Uh, no, never mind. That was the bubble, right? Pascal on Norm uh, on uh, Aaron Gordon. Yeah, that was the bubble. <laughs> was it the bubble? Who knows? Time's fake. I have no idea. Maybe it wasn't the bubble. Yeah, no, exactly. that wasn't the season. No, no, no. That was the regular season. You're right. That was. Uh, that was in the game where Aaron Gordon like got hurt and also yeah, tried yeah, to, yeah. like 
fight Kyle and then mm-hmm. got dunked on by Siakam. Yeah, so that was. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Pascal. There. Yeah, you know what? Bringing Aaron Gordon down is never a bad thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who has fit in seamlessly with the Nuggets, by the way. Yeah, no, I like he fits wonderfully there. The Nuggets rule, and the Nuggets are so cool that not even Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. starting at the three and four can dissuade me from liking them, which is. A real testament to Murray and Jokic and how rad they are. Um, but anyway, that's besides the point. We, we have reached the end of today's podcast. We will get into on tomorrow's podcast probably more the um, sort of race for the play-in and all that stuff. They're a game behind the Bulls who are losing every game right now and can't defend anybody. And uh, there's like a real sort of path crystallizing here where the Raptors make the play-in beat the Celtics in a 7-10 and then maybe get to torment the Bucks in round two in, in round one <laughs> whether they win or not I don't know but man that would be really freaking fun uh <laughs> and I am rooting for that outcome far more than I am some lottery balls which is why I'm skipping the tankathon sim of the day today it's uh it's good times happy times I try to keep all parties uh satiated here on the pod this is why we do the tankathon sim of the day for the tank folks but we're not doing that today because this game was too fun to think about uh, what the tank standings look like. Vivek, thanks so much. This was a lot of fun, man. Uh, you got anything you want to plug? Usual stuff, man. Complex Canada, CBC, North Court, Red Couch Manx. Follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. That is, I think, everything. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to rate review this podcast and all the other lockdown shows you want to support wherever you get your podcast. It's always very appreciated. Uh, you can listen to uh, Basketball, my podcast with Katie Heindel. We had a really fun episode last week where we talked about NBA buddy duos and uh, lots of Kyle and Damar content in that one, among other guys. It was a blast. And uh, that'll do it. I'll talk to you again on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. What the? F- I don't know. Is today Tuesday's podcast? Sure. We'll talk to you the day after the day you're listening to this because time is fake. Uh, Have a wonderful day, everybody, (laughs) and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.